0: you have your Bible this morning, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 16? Matthew chapter 16 is where we will be this morning. You know, the beginning of a new year always offers us a new promise and a new hopefulness. It's a time for us to make new resolutions and form new habits. And there's not anything wrong with making New Year's resolutions or setting goals for yourself or your family. 2023, even this morning, as I came to the office and prayed and began to prepare for this morning, I was thinking through some of the goals that I've set for myself and for our family in 2023. A personal Bible reading plan, a planning for a family vacation, a renewed commitment to your health and fitness. These can be a wonderful way to begin a new year. But what cannot get lost in the newness and the freshness of the year is the responsibilities that we have already been given and the goals that are already before us, regardless of the year. And so this morning, in our time together, I want to begin the new year by celebrating some of what God has done in the last year, anticipating what we hope he will do in the new year and encouraging us towards a continued faithfulness in the responsibility that he has given us as his church we are a church committed to the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. The great commission of Matthew chapter 28, to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that Jesus commanded us. This is what we are committed to as a church. It is the reason that we exists. And so our motivation then is not to be seen as successful in the eyes of the world. Our motivation is to be found faithful in the eyes of our Father. This is a great Sunday for us to be encouraged, to be challenged, and to be reminded of who we are and why it is that we do what we do. And so I want to take us this morning to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 verses 13 through 18. A very familiar passage this morning, but I want us to see and be reminded again this morning of who we are and why it is that we do what we do as we begin a new year. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus and his disciples are traveling through the region of Caesarea Philippi, and Caesarea Philippi was about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. Previously, this region had been the center of Baal worship in the Old Testament. Baal was one of the primary false gods throughout all of the Old Testament, Then it had become the center of the Greek god, the worship of the Greek god Pan. It was actually named Paneus for a while. But now it had been renamed Caesarea Philippi because it had become a center of emperor worship in the Roman Empire. Philip the Tetrarch, who was the governor of this region, had named it Caesarea after Caesar, Philippi after himself. And this was a central place where the Romans came, the people of Rome came to worship Caesar as son of God. And as Jesus passes through this region, known for its worship of false gods and emperors, he poses a thoughtful question to his disciples. He turns to them in the midst of this area of the world. And he says, who do people say that the son of man is? Now the title, Son of Man, is one of Jesus' favorite self-designations. If you read through the Gospels, you'll see Jesus referring to himself in this way. And the disciples answer him with people's opinion. They say, well... Jesus' people are divided. Some people think that you're John the Baptist. Other people think that you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. There was much confusion at this time over who exactly Jesus was. But then Jesus, in the way that he does, turns a very general question into a very personal question. And he turns to his disciples and he says, but who do you say that I am? This is perhaps the most important question to ask, not just of the disciples, but of Everyone, who do you believe Jesus to be? This is a question that all of us, in some sense, must wrestle with this morning. Is Jesus just another wise teacher in the vein of a Gandhi or a Buddha? Is he simply a prophet like Muhammad? Is he just another historical figure like Julius Caesar or George Washington? Or is Jesus who he claimed to be? Is he God in the flesh? You see, some will try to hedge and they'll try to say some nice things about Jesus while denying his divinity. They'll say things like, well, Jesus was a good man and he was a good teacher and he was a prophet of God, but he wasn't God. And the only problem with this is Jesus himself because Jesus doesn't leave us the option to say he was just a good teacher, that he was just a good guy, because Jesus makes a claim that he is God. And that if he isn't God, but he claimed to be God, we shouldn't listen to anything else that he has to say. This is the argument that C.S. Lewis makes when he says that Jesus is either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's the Lord. He's either lying about who he is, he's either a crazy person who believes himself to be God and isn't, or he is exactly who he's claimed to be. Pastor Tim Keller says that either you reject Jesus as a fraud or you fall at his feet in worship. But the one thing that Jesus will not allow you to do is to say, what an interesting guy. Peter here, speaking for all the disciples, answers Jesus' question with this confession. Peter says, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Peter confesses Jesus as Lord, and Jesus' response is where I want to focus this morning. Look at what Jesus says in verse 17. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus first says that Peter did not arrive at this conclusion of his own intuition or of his own intelligence, but that it had been revealed to him by the Father. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us eyes and minds and hearts to see that Jesus is who he claimed to be. And then second, he tells Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. And this has been the source of much confusion throughout church history, even this week, as I was reading some of the commentaries on what it was exactly that Jesus means here. There is some tension here. Roman Catholics would point to this passage and they would defend the belief that Peter is the first pope. And they would give Peter a special place, and office among the apostles. And they would give his teachings special authority. But I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here. Evangelicals have largely believed that Jesus' statement is meant to enforce Peter's confession of Christ as Lord, not to give some special office or authority to Peter himself, which would jive with Paul's teaching about the church in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, where he says that the church is founded on the teachings of the apostles and the prophets, but that Christ himself is the cornerstone. And So Peter's confession of Christ and the apostles' ongoing teaching and proclamation of this truth that Jesus is the Son of God, the one by whom, through whom, for whom, and in whom all things were created. This would form the foundation of the church. This seems like a good place for us to answer two questions about the church. Number one... What is the church? What is the church? If the foundation of the church is the confession that Jesus is Lord on the teachings of the apostles and the prophets, that Jesus himself is the cornerstone of the church, what is the church? And then secondly, why does the church have hope? Jesus gives this promise to his disciples. He gives this promise and it is a promise of hope and it is a promise that still stands today and it is part, in part the reason that we gather here this morning, that we continue to do and to strive and to work because the church is the people of God saved for his purpose and upheld by his promise. That's what Jesus teaches us here in Matthew chapter 16, that the church is the people of God, saved for his purpose and upheld by his promise. Let's begin here by answering what is the church, and this may seem very simple and very elementary, but I think it's a great reminder for us this morning as we begin a new year as to why we gather here each Sunday, why we commit ourselves to the ministry that we have committed ourselves to here is the first specific mention of the church in the Bible. And the word that Jesus uses is the word ecclesia, which means gathering or assembly. Those who have been called out and assembled together. Jesus uses this word here one of the only two times in the gospels that it is used. And when he speaks about the church, the gathering, the assembly, he is speaking about a future community a future community of men and women who will follow him. He's not speaking about right then. He's he's saying, in the future, there will be a community of men and women knit together by my spirit who follow after me. And this community of Jesus followers would at first, in the book of Acts, be called the way. After Jesus is teaching, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But later, they would become known as the church, the same word that Jesus uses here, the gathering, the assembly, the community of faith built on the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus at the cornerstone. And so the church then in the New Testament and in church history is not a building or a place, it's a, it's a people, someone that says you don't go to church, you are the church. It is a specific group of people, those who have placed their faith in Jesus, who have been filled with His Spirit, and seek to worship Him through obedience to His teachings. That's what the church is. And the church is made up of every man, woman, boy, or girl who has trusted Jesus for salvation. We call this the universal or the invisible church, meaning that the church is made up of all believers for all history, that we are all a part of this gathering, this assembly, this universal church founded in Jesus's name. But the church is also made visible by local assemblies who gather each week to worship God through the preaching of the word, through the practice of the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. We here, Lake Murray Baptist Church, are a local expression of the universal church. And the church, as we read in the New Testament, is God's plan to reach the world with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peter's confession of Jesus as the Son of God gives the church her, me- her message and her mission to proclaim him and him alone to our neighbors and to the nations. Jesus himself will give us these marching orders in Matthew 28, which is why our church takes seriously the call of the Great Commission to take the name of Jesus to our neighbors and to the nations, to make disciples who make disciples. And so the church then, in the New Testament context, is the weekly gathering of Jesus' followers being transformed by his spirit and joining him on Mission And it's the local church that is the community of the redeemed, gathered weekly for worship and mission through the practice of praying and of evangelism. And what exactly will the church accomplish? Jesus says this next. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus himself is the author and the architect and the engine of the church. Church is not a human invention, therefore it does not belong to any one person or group. And the growth and the effectiveness of the church is not dependent on human ingenuity, on human wisdom, or on human cleverness. It is Jesus' church, and Jesus will build it. And This is good news for us. It's especially good news in a day and age where it seems as if the church is always under siege. Where every day we feel an increasing pressure from a hostile, secular culture to capitulate and compromise on the truth of God's word. And if you just look at the raw data, if you just look at the statistics about church in America, about church in the Western Hemisphere, you may be tempted to believe that the church is in danger. When you see stats and headlines that say that church attendance and baptisms are declining, that there are three and a half million less Southern Baptists than there were a decade ago, that 92 percent of the churches in America have 200 or 50 or less people attending each Sunday, and most of those churches have less than 100. When you see the general apathy and malaise that seems to have stagnated evangelism and discipleship among the church, you might be tempted to think that the church is in decline. But brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you this morning that the church of Jesus Christ is doing fine because Jesus has promised to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And just because we look in our backyard and see the struggle that we face does not mean that the church is not thriving. We may just have to lift our eyes and point them south. Not the American south, but the global south. Do you know that right now, the fastest growing region for Christianity is the Global South, the Southern Hemisphere. The church is springing up and thriving in places where it is being persecuted. Right now, one of the fastest growing places for the Church of Jesus Christ is the country of Iran, and China, and places in Central and South America, in the Middle East, in Africa, You see, Christianity always moves outward. If you look at how Christianity has moved from the time of the resurrection, Christianity always moves from the center of power to the fringes because Christianity is good news to the poor and to the oppressed. It is hope for the hopeless. And Jesus' promise is still good And though it is true that one day our church may no longer exist, and our country and culture may dissolve in the annals of history, and though the nations may rage and the kingdoms may totter, the church will survive. But more than survive, the church will thrive because she is upheld by the word of Jesus' promise that he will build his church. The people of God saved for his purpose and upheld by his promise. And this is a good reminder for us here at the beginning of 2023 that Jesus is at work building his church and he invites you and I as followers to play a part in the work that he is doing here in our local community and also in our country and around the world as we join him on mission where he is already at work. And so what part does Lake Murray Baptist Church play in God's purpose for his church, in his purpose for creation? Our vision here is to be a church committed to the great commandment and the great commission. And we wanna do so by seeking to connect to the Father and to one another through a commitment to Christ and to his church so that we might be commissioned to our neighbors and the nations with the gospel. And so I just want to celebrate a couple things together that the Lord has done in our midst in 2022, and then I want to look forward to 2023, and I want to invite you this morning To commit yourself to the work that God is doing here. And so let me just celebrate a couple things from the past year. In 2022, we baptized 26 people in our congregation. This is the most people we have baptized in over a decade. We have baptized 48 people, almost 50 people since the start of 2021. Last year, we set a goal of baptizing 100 people by the end of 2024. That would be the most people that we've baptized in the history of our church in that span. And we are over halfway to our goal. Each one of those, listen, this is not a numbers game. Each one of those 26 people is someone who has put their faith and hope and trust in Jesus Christ and followed him in obedience through the waters of baptism and joined our local congregation to make much of him. Because of this, we've seen 57 new members this year. That is the most members we have seen in over a decade. We have nearly had, we've had nearly 100 new members in the last two years. People are joining us on mission for Lexington, for Gilbert, for batesburg leesville we exceeded our most ambitious GoFundMissions goal yet. GoFundMissions is the way that we fund our local, national, and international ministry partners. At The beginning of 2022, we set a goal for $80,000. This was part in uh, symbolic of our 40th anniversary as a church, but it was also the most that we had ever given collectively to the cause of missions. We were excited to announce just a couple weeks ago that we blew past that $80,000 goal and gave ninety six. dollars thousand dollars to our local national and international ministry partners including the largest Lottie Moon Christmas offering we've ever given in the history of our church and the largest Annie Armstrong Easter offering we've ever given in our church every dollar of that goes to fund missionaries on the field around the world We continued our support of our friends at Steel City Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We've had a three-year commitment with these brothers who are laboring so faithfully among college students and young professionals in the heart of one of the fastest-growing cities in our country, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We had the opportunity to send our first group, our first mission team to Pittsburgh to be able to partner with them in renovating some worship space. This was a joy for us to not only partner with these brothers financially, but to partner with them in mission, that the gospel might go forth from Lexington, South Carolina, to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to God knows where, through those who would come to know him and be deployed in other places around the world. We renewed our partnership with our pastors network in India. We've been giving to train and equip pastors in rural mountain villages in India Who are preaching the gospel faithfully, seeing men and women saved, and raising up new pastors to go into the hardest and the darkest places on the planet with the light of Jesus Christ. We approved overwhelmingly new bylaws, the addition of lay elders. And a more biblical, efficient form of church governance. We are at a 100 percent capacity in our Lake Murray Baptist Kindergarten program, and we continue to see families from the community evangelized and educated through the work that our teachers and staff do there each week. We established a renewed church partnership with Connie Maxwell Children's Ministries to help equip our church, our families and churches and families all throughout South Carolina to care well for families and children in the foster care system. We expanded our staff team to bring on new staff in the areas of next generation and kids ministry and facilities and additional support that we might better serve the king who was building his church. We increased And saw growing participation in our connect groups in our women's ministry and in our volunteer services. And we're able to relaunch church-wide midweek ministry for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic. Brothers and sisters, these are things worth celebrating and signs that God is at work in our midst. And we praise him for that at the beginning of 2023. And so what do we hope for in this new year? What do we hope for in 2023? We hope and pray for the approval and affirmation of the first lay elders in the history of our church, as I mentioned just a moment ago. We pray for a continuing development in ongoing mission partnerships locally, nationally, and internationally, that we would be able to expand the work that we're doing in our Heart for Schools ministry, that we'd be able to give more to, through the Annie Armstrong Easter offering and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We've got an exciting partnership that we're developing with Levy Pregnancy Care Center that in just a few weeks we'll have the opportunity to hear exactly what God is doing through this wonderful ministry in our community where we want to have the opportunity as the church to care for the vulnerable among us. We're developing a new church planning partnership, an international missions partnership. We've set the largest, most ambitious giving goal for our GoFund missions at $100,000. And already, just through the month of December, we are already nearly 20% of the way to our goal. We're continuing towards our goal of 100 baptisms by 2024. And again, it's not so much about the number, but every number has a name and every name has a story and every story at the center of it is Jesus Christ. And we wanna do that through the addition of a response team at the end of each service, who will help to evangelize and pray with those who desperately need it? We want to continue to place an emphasis on evangelism, on sharing the gospel where we live, work, and play through discipleship and teaching those what it means to follow Jesus. In 2023, we want to have a continued emphasis on reaching our neighbors and the nations with gospel. And a renewed desire to raise up men and women and the next generation to be a light for the gospel wherever it is that they go. We're working to see the lost saved, the saved, discipled, and disciples deployed. Why? Not so that we can grow a big church, not so that we can build a big building, not so that we can make some list somewhere of fastest growing churches, not so that we'll be invited to conferences or build a big brand or be the next big thing in a shrinking evangelical pond, but we do this because Jesus is worthy and because he alone saves and because he is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so the question is, will you join us? Will you make it your goal this year to take the next step of faith? And whether it is to just make a profession of faith. Maybe you've been coming to Lake Murray for a long time. Now for several weeks and months. And the Lord's been drawing your heart to him. And maybe you know that it's time for you to make a profession of faith as Jesus is Lord. Maybe it's time this year to get serious about being in God's word about making time to pray. Maybe it's time for you to follow Jesus's command to be baptized. Maybe it's to join a connect group. Maybe it's to find a place to serve. Maybe it's to make a plan to give. Maybe it's to become a member of our local church or to share your faith with a neighbor, to go on a mission trip. Whatever it is, would you make the commitment now in 2023 that whatever it is that God's calling you to, whatever it is that he's working in your heart, that you would be obedient to the king who is worthy. And the Christ who is building his church. And that we collectively, as we together, the people of God, saved for his purpose, upheld by his promise, commit to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love one another as much as we love ourselves, and to make disciples in Lexington, in Batesburg, in Gilbert in Pittsburgh, and around the world, that Jesus might be seen as our treasure. Wherever you are, let us help you take that next step of faith in following Jesus Christ. Because if if we're ever going to be a church truly committed to the great commandment and the great commission, it's going to require not just a select few people, but it requires all of us, every member on mission, Every member using their giftedness for the edification, the building up of the body. Every member working together in the unity of the spirit in the bond of love for the glory of God and the good of his gospel. I have never been more excited. I have never been more um, hopeful about the future of Lake Murray than I am this morning and it's not because of any gift that i have it's not because of any wisdom that i possess or any strength but it is because jesus has made a promise to build his church and he has called all of us saved by his grace redeemed by his blood filled with his spirit to join him on that mission will you join us let's pray father we love you and thank you this morning for your goodness and your faithfulness and your kindness and the promise that you have made both to seek and save the lost and to build your church. And so God, I pray for our church, this local expression of your universal body purchased by your blood, saved by your grace. God, I pray that we would be a church that would be serious about the things that you have called us to be serious about, that we would not be distracted or divided by frivolous things, by things that have no eternal value, but that, Father, we would be unified around the call of the gospel to place our faith in Jesus and to grow and to give and to go. For his glory among our neighbors and the nations. And so, Father, I pray that 2023 would be an incredible year in the life of our church, not in a way that the world might say we're successful, that other churches might say we're successful, but that we might be found faithful in your eyes. Fill us with your spirit. Give us hope and peace that surpasses understanding in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us know that whatever battle it is that we're fighting, it's already been won at the cross in an empty tomb. We give this year to you. We ask that you sanctify it, that you bless it, that you use it for your glory, for our joy, and for others' good. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you stand as we sing?